The Razorback basketball season has officially come to an end, as we all know. Now it's time to look back upon the 2021-2022 Razorback basketball season, look at some of the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. This is the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You are Locked on Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I'm your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of Out of Bounds. You can catch every weekday afternoon from 1 to 4 on 1037 The Buzz in 1037thebuzz.com. Hope everybody's having a wonderful Wednesday. And uh, I know that uh, so a lot of storms are moving through the Arkansas area. Northwest Arkansas actually got hit by a tornado, which honestly, for me growing up in Northwest Arkansas, I didn't think that that was uh, something that would even ever happen. It seemed like always tornado systems would uh, pass along or get dissipated or however you want to say it whenever uh, whenever the uh, they would hit the Mount Ozark Mountains at that point in time. By the way, it's really bright in here, so I'm going to close this window right here real quick. So I don't know. It just suddenly the sun came out, I guess, for a little bit. But anyway, um, so, yeah, hope everybody's staying safe out there for the storms and everything uh, here in the state of Arkansas. And – uh, again, thank you for everybody that watched the podcast and listened to it yesterday. That was a huge hit about Anthony Black and uh, really got a lot of people listening and tuning in and watching and all those things too. So uh, thanks so much for that. But as I mentioned yesterday on the podcast, I wanted to kind of do something like this where we kind of look back upon the Razorback basketball season and just kind of recap it, close it out, turn the page, start the next chapter, everyone to look at it of this past season because uh, I, I like to do that pretty much when it comes to football, when it comes to basketball, when it comes to baseball, because we'll do that for baseball whenever that comes to an end. Hopefully it doesn't come to an end for a very long time. So I wanted to kind of do that today on the podcast. And since we always do three segments on the podcast, I'm going to kind of break up the season into three different parts. And so I'm going to talk about games, going to talk about moments, going to talk about players, expectations, all those things too, and kind of run through it. And so how we're going to do it, is we'll start with the preseason and non-conference slate. And then for the first segment, then the second segment, we'll talk about more of the conference slate and uh, you know some of the games and moments there. And then in the last segment, we'll go through some of the postseason and some of those things that are going on there. So let's go ahead and start with uh, preseason. Now, we know that before this season started in Razorback basketball, that it was a, one that had a lot of expectations connected to it. Some people had Arkansas preseason top 10, top 15 team because of what they did the previous year and making it to the Elite Eight, the great coach that Eric Musselman is uh, in college basketball, and some of the additions that were made via the transfer portal by Eric Musselman had a lot of people start saying, okay, this isn't just a, a, a team or a coach or a program that's going to be all in on one year and then the next year they're going to take steps back. <laughs> back, this is going to be a program that's going to be along for a long time. So, uh, when knowing all of that, Razorback fans, rightfully so, got extremely excited and pumped about the possibilities of what could come from this year, especially with some of the new additions that they knew were coming from really good places but didn't really know what to expect. You return uh, Jalen Williams, you return Devo Davis, you return um, J.D. Note. Those were kind of the key pieces. J.D. Note, of course, being the sixth man of the year last year, 
You felt like he was going to be your breadwinner. You knew Jalen Williams and Devo Davis were really good freshmen that played a lot and had a lot of experience last year. You knew they were going to be pivotal. And then you had some other guys too, like KK Robinson. Was he going to be able to play after coming off of that injury? You know, was Connor Vanover even going to be a part of it? Like you had that element. And then, of course, with guys like Stanley Amude, Adi's Tony, Chris Likes, uh, Trey Wade, guys that you added through the portal, you added experienced guys, depth guys, guys that were really good at their previous schools. Kamani Johnson being another one. And now you felt like you were going to be able to piece a lot of the young and experienced players from last year and talents with the experienced uh, older guys that were basically 22, 23-year-old men that were going to try to make it work in the SEC. So the expectations were high. The top 10 ranking was, at the time, I, I viewed it as almost like, yeah, this could absolutely happen but there's just so much uncertainty because of all the new players and, and all that. Don't really know how it's going to go. And especially looking at the non-conference schedule, there really didn't seem to be any intense matchups or any like big marquee games. You know that Muss has always done a really good job of scheduling teams that end up doing really well when it comes to their, um, you know, their uh, later in the season when they end up winning their conference or making the tournament or whatever. That's what happened. Last year, where Arkansas non-conference had like three teams make the tournament, you know, you know, Oral Roberts and North Texas, like teams that were really good, uh, make the tournament, but people were kind of poo-pooing on it during the non-conference. Well, you thought maybe it would be kind of the same thing. And Arkansas honestly got off to a really good start as far as winning games, but there was still something there. There was still something that just didn't seem right. Like the first game against Mercer, you win 74 to 61. It's like, okay. You know, it was it was a good game. You beat you beat them by 13 points, but there's still some things that you're like, you didn't like necessarily. Um, but it's gonna take a little bit, you know, it's gonna get take a little bit to get things used to and seeing where this team uh, ends up going. Then you play Gardner Webb and you beat them by 17. You're like, okay, you know, that's good. You know, Gardner Webb, they, they apparently they could end up being a really good team. And then you play Northern Iowa. And when you play Northern Iowa, you beat them by 13, you beat them 93 to 80. But that was way too many points given up, especially since Northern Iowa hit 17 threes in this game. 17 threes. They went 17 of 37. And Arkansas was able to pull away late, but you saw that like, wow, that that team, I mean, you can't stop them from three. They just kept hitting threes after threes after threes. Ooh, so this team's taking a little bit, and they got this big tournament going up in Kansas City or in this Invitational uh, against a couple of Power 5 teams. So, ooh, okay, maybe they can get it shored up. Well, then they do go on the road to Kansas City, and they end up winning that Invitational by beating Kansas State 72-64, which, you know, Kansas State wasn't a great team. We know Bruce Weber's been a really good coach and or has been a good coach, but you beat them, you feel a little better about it. And then you go against Cincinnati, the team that uh, won their other game, and you start saying, okay, well, this is a Cincinnati team. This could be a tournament team. And it was a back-and-forth battle, but you ended up winning. And then after that, when you're able to have beat teams that you actually were familiar with, and especially a team in Cincinnati that's been a really good program, that's had tournament appearances and all that, it started making you feel pretty good. Like, okay, now they're going to get it going. Now they're going to start cooking. And so then they come home to Penn, and they beat them 76 to 60. Feel good. Central Arkansas, they blow out by 37 points, 97 to 60. Feel good about it. And then they play Little Rock, which that game was a little too close for comfort. But again, Arkansas pulled away late. And you're starting to think, well, maybe these teams are just really good that Arkansas is playing. 
you know, they end up hitting getting 93-78. They get the victory there, and then they play Charlotte 86-66 to to beat those teams by 20. So they were winning these games at a pretty high clip. But the problem was is that they were giving up way too many threes. They were giving up way too many points. They were having way too many issues with that. And so you kept thinking, okay, well, offensively, this team's really good. Defensively, they're not. And they got to get that shored up, but they're winning. They're winning. They're undefeated. That's all that matters. And you knew that you were going to be having another big test on the road. Well, I won't call them on the road, more of a neutral site, when you played Oklahoma over in Tulsa. Now, Oklahoma has Porter Mosier over there. He's a coach who's been around for a while, and it was his first year, and Oklahoma had a decent record, but they weren't great. So he felt like, okay, well, this will be a good test. Well, in that game, Arkansas got humbled, and they got humbled in a major way. They lost by 22 points, and honestly, it, it wasn't even that close. Even though Debo Davis went for 26 in this game, he shot the ball 21 times. J.D. Note had 13 points, but went 3 of 14 from the field. And then the rest of the team pretty much did nothing. They weren't able to add anything. And Arkansas just had no answer for Oklahoma offensively, especially with their starters, where they scored 11, 16, 21, 12, and 14, respectively, just from their starting five. Also in that game, Eric Musselman was ejected after some frustrations bowled over. And it was like, okay, that sucked. That wasn't good. But, hey, you're not going to go undefeated. You're going to have those bad games, shake off the cobwebs, and, and get ready for to finish, finish strong of the non-conference slate. And that's what we all thought. And then Arkansas did the unthinkable at the time. When they dropped from the rankings, they were number eight, and they dropped to number 24. They lost to Hofstra in Little Rock. They played over at uh, Simmons Bank Arena, and they lost to Hofstra. Hofstra at the time was 7-5. and five. Now, they did finish 21-11. and 11. But Arkansas gave up 89 points in that game. They lost 89-81. to 81. And uh, uh, Bebe, who was a player that was on Arkansas's team previous year, really ate Arkansas live where he had 18 points and 14 rebounds. Estrada scored 22 points. Ray scored 22 points. Uh, just shocking how that happened. And suddenly you start to wonder, okay, well, is Arkansas actually going to, like, what is this team? Did we, did we think that this was like, I mean, what's going on here? Okay, okay, well, well maybe it's just that they can't win away from home just yet. Like, that was a bad loss. It was a bad loss at the time. But Razorback fans were sitting there scratching their heads like, how does this happen? Are they just going through a spell? Are they too focused on the SEC? Whatever it may be. Like, what's happening? <coughs> well, Arkansas had one final non-conference game before the SEC season got started, and they come home to Elon. Elon wasn't a great team, but Arkansas bounced back, and they won convincingly 81-55. to and so they finished, they finished that non-conference slate in a pretty good spot. And they felt you felt like, okay, you had some that pretty bad performance against Oklahoma and that really bad performance against Hofstra. But hey, you got a really good draw when it comes to the early conference slate where you play a lot of the easier SEC teams. So this will be able to get off to a really good start, right? No. Well, let's talk about that here in just a second. Uh, folks, I know that March Madness is still going on, and probably most of you are 
you know, done with it since Arkansas lost. And maybe you're done with it because your brackets got busted, whatever it may be. But that's okay. Stat Hero's here to help. It's the NCAA single game pick'em that pits the star players against each other. An amazing hybrid between fantasy and sports gambling. Start focusing on the players that you know best with a gameplay that doesn't rely on big spreads, long odds, or funky props. In addition to pick'em games, you also have dozens of lineups that you can comb through and take on head-to-head. They simply post sets of players for you to take on with the sets of players you choose. And Satero is the easiest and fastest way to get your sports action fixed. This is what Daily Fantasy was meant to be. So sign up right now for free at stathero.com slash locked on and use promo code locked on for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Use promo code locked on for a 100% match at stathero.com slash locked on using promo code locked on. We're also brought to you by Built Bar, which uh, I'm telling you, Built Bar really came in handy for me when I was out and traveling and all those things, too, because uh, I had a lot of shows and podcasts and things I still had to do while going to press conferences and all these things. And it was just really difficult for me to find out a way to get it all going and to still keep my energy up when I was always on the move. And I took a bunch of Built Bars with me and they got me through it in the morning, whether it was an afternoon snack, whatever it was, it really helped me out. And uh, there's just so many different flavors to choose from and they're healthy and they taste great. I mean, they're just, they're the best. They're absolutely the best when it comes to protein bars. And because you listen to this podcast, if you go to built.com right now and use locked, locked 15 as the promo code, you'll get 15% off your next order. doesn't matter how many you order. doesn't matter how many you end up getting Buy the whole store. Just go to built.com use promo code locked 15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so we're going to move on into the conference slate for Arkansas. Now, when they're sitting in the non-conference, they have already lost two games. And at the time, I'm going to do my math here real quick. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. That's what I thought. I want to make sure. But they were 10 and 2. They were 10 and 2. They were knocked out of the top 25, and it just seemed like it was kind of like, mm, we didn't like the way that that ended. But, hey, again, SEC is coming up. Got an easier slate, easier schedule. Well, that's what we thought. <laughs> Arkansas opened up the conference slate on the road against Mississippi State. And that game, of course, was played actually right before the Outback Bowl. And I'll never forget that because I was actually in Orlando, or not Orlando, Tampa, when that game actually went down and Arkansas went on the road against Mississippi state. JD Note was not in the game. He did not play. Uh, I believe it was because of COVID uh, reasons, but Arkansas, Arkansas went on the road and uh, lost and actually just got beat down. It was a two point game. Mississippi state was up by two uh, halftime, but the second half was just abysmal and Mississippi state ended up pulling away. In fact, Arkansas didn't have a few players in that game, but you know, they had, Devo Davis go for 15 points. Chris Likes went for 10 in that game. Stanley Mude come off the bench was huge for not got 19 points. But you know, Jalen Williams, nine and seven for him. Trey Wade had three points. Jackson Robinson started that game and really tells you how things changed. He played 32 minutes. He had six points. Uh Audis Tony only played 17 points. He came off the bench, 16 points there. So I mean, it was just it was bad. But shorthanded, 
and this is just again going through all the uh reasoning behind is like okay well arkansas shorthand and mississippi state looks like to be a better team than what we thought um so and it's on the road arkansas hasn't won and then had success against mississippi state for a long time eh, it's just okay all right it sucks it sucks but it's okay you know it, it, arkansas just doesn't do very well especially on the road in conference play it's fine it's fine so uh we'll, we'll get it back though we got a home game against vanderbilt they're not any good. JD Note's coming back. We're, we're ready to go. Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt at home. 75 to 74. One point game. Chris Likes had a chance to make the tying game, game tying free throw at the end and missed it. Arkansas had a lead at halftime, even 40 to 35. Once again, Arkansas defensively. Could not slow down Vanderbilt. They hit a lot of threes, 10 of 25 for Vanderbilt. Stanley Mude went for 28 points. J.D. Note came back and went for 16, but Jaywin only got 6-10. Jackson Robinson started again. He had three points in 31 minutes of play. Devo Davis hadn't played nine minutes and got taken out. Uh, Dees Tony played big role in this game. He had 20 points for him, but again, it wasn't about the offense. It was about the defense. It was about turnovers. It was about poor decision-making. And Arkansas lost to Vanderbilt at home. It was embarrassing. It was something that people started to wonder, myself included, is this team even ready for the postseason? Is this team even an NCAA tournament team? And then they go and they follow that up by losing on the road to Texas A&M. So they started the conference site 0-3. Things looked very bleak. Things looked very bad. And... On this podcast, on my radio show, we all started wondering if this team is even going to make the NIT. If this team is even going to do anything, because if, if they're losing to three of the, quote, worst teams in the SEC, especially one of those games being at home, man, maybe this isn't what we thought it would be. Maybe Muss is uh, losing the team. Like, there was all these que questions that were happening. <clears throat> but... There was a lot of season left. Arkansas got the return trip home to Missouri, which is one of the worst teams in the SEC, and they blew the doors off Missouri. 87 to 43, just a disgusting display. Arkansas could not miss. They were playing great. They did a lot better defensively. And people were like, good, good. But Missouri sucks. And it was a home game, and we just couldn't miss. You know, we're not still feeling great about it. Like, okay, great. You beat Missouri. You weren't going to go 0 16 or 0 18 in conference play. So you beat Missouri. Well, then Arkansas, without Muss, because he was had shoulder surgery, they go on the road to play number 12 LSU, which at the time LSU was flying high. They had just beaten Kentucky. They beat Tennessee. They had some really big wins. They were number 12 in the country. Didn't look good for Arkansas. But then they go on the road and win 65 to 58. And that was back-to-back -back games where Arkansas's defense really brought, especially LSU. I think they were up nine with like 10 minutes to go in the game. And Arkansas shut them down, outscored them by 16, I think, the rest of the way and ended up winning. Everyone's like, okay, 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 okay. Good win. Build upon that. That defense was really good. Let's build upon that. South Carolina at home. You win 75-59. Okay. You get the rematch against Texas A&M. Okay, you win that one. Game goes to overtime and you still win. You only gave up 59 to South Carolina. You gave up 73 to AM, but that was an overtime. Then you play on the road at Ole Miss and you beat them 64-55. Okay. 
Now it's this SEC Big 12 challenge. West Virginia at home, 77-68. Uh, defense does a great job. Oh, my gosh. What is happening here? On the road against Georgia, 99-73. Holy crap. What a great performance. Mississippi State, you get a rematch against them at home. 63-55. to Oh, my. This is a winning streak. But you still haven't beaten a tournament team besides LSU. Okay, this was great, but this is the way you were supposed to do this. You were supposed to win these games. And then you welcome the number one team in the country, Auburn. Team that hadn't lost in SEC play, and everyone was saying it could be the best team in the country. Obviously, they were because they were number one. And you welcome them to Fayetteville. And it was one of the most epic games of all time. Overtime game. Arkansas made big play after big play. The Razorbacks win 80-76. to 76. There's a court storming. Must takes his shirt off. It's a celebration. People are going nuts. One of the greatest feelings and atmospheres you'll ever see. Felt great. And so now people started to believe truly that now that this team had literally won at this time, one, two, three, four, nine games in a row, they felt like, okay, this is back. They're back. They got it going on. Then they go on the road to Alabama that Saturday. They lose by one point, 68 to 67. But as much as that sucked, and Alabama was a pretty good team, their tournament team, as much as that sucked, Arkansas shot like 27%. So they just didn't shoot well. So just like, okay, well, sucks. That, you know, maybe got humbled a little bit, but it wasn't because of your poor play. It's just because of your poor shooting. Like you did great at every other aspect. You just didn't put the ball in the hole. Sucks, but sometimes it happens. And then you have. Missouri at home, or on the road against Missouri, blow them out. 76-57, back on track. Tennessee, another great team, tough team, at home, beat them by 10, 58-48. On the road against Florida, haven't won there since 1995. Boom, you win that game too. Kentucky, you welcome them to Bud Walton Arena. What do you do? You beat them too. You beat John Calipari for two years in a row. Boom, big time. You're back on track. You beat LSU by one point, one of the crazy endings to the game at home as well. You're just you're, you're flying high. You're a top 25 team once again. People are starting to believe that, hey, this team's legit. This team's got it all going on. No. <laughs> you go on the road to Tennessee, which at the time of this podcast, I'm like, none of us thought that Arkansas was going to win this game because Tennessee was so good. It was on the road. And Arkansas was getting blown out early. They were down by 23 points. It was like, okay, let's just chalk it up and move on. They came back, and they were within three points at the end of the game and had a three-point shot that could have tied it. So you knew that the fight was still with this team. They didn't win, sucked, but it was what it is. But you had finished the regular season in a great in great fashion, honestly. You had gotten it done in the way that you felt like you should have gotten it done, where I'm trying to make sure I get my math right here. You won 24 games in the regular season. 24 and 7 was your regular season uh, record. Big time. And then you still had postseason left to go. SEC tournament and NCAA tournament. We'll talk about that here in just a segment. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible for you to find your local chain auto parts store, stock all the car parts you'll ever need. That's what rockauto.com does for you. Save time and money when using them. And it's a family-owned business, serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. And they also have reliably low prices for all the customers and everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. So go and explore their easy-to-use website today and to find the solution for all your auto part needs. And go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. 
So be sure to write in the uh, uh, box there about their comment box saying, write locked on as the reason that we sent you there. So that way that they know. So I think that'd be pretty nice of you to do. You can even write locked on Razorbacks if you want to get specific with it. But rockauto.com, just go write locked on in the how did you hear about us box that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com. Razorbacks, your daily podcast on the Arkansas Razorbacks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, so final segment here on the Locked On Razorbacks podcast, looking at the Razorback basketball postseason play. We won't spend too much time in the SEC tournament, but Arkansas played LSU for the third time, third time in the season on the first game of the SEC tournament, and Arkansas beats them, and beats them pretty handedly, like it, it, it was kind of touch and go at the end, but Arkansas pulled away, beat him 79 to 67, and really ended. That was the final game that uh, Will Wade coached for LSU. He got fired like the next day. So that was kind of nice to have that as a little topper. And then Arkansas played Texas AM, which Texas AM was playing so hot, and they were the hottest team in the SEC with the way that they were playing. And Arkansas lost to him, really got beat down by him. And that was really frustrating. But AM went all the way to the SEC championship. Uh, ended up losing in the SC Championship game to Tennessee. They didn't make the tournament. Boo-hoo, get over it. Should have done better in the regular season. But Arkansas lost in the SC tournament. Musk was pissed. But moving on to the biggest and better thing of all time. Arkansas, of course, and again, we just and we just lived through this. It's not like we have to really dive into it because people forgot. But Arkansas ends up getting a four seed in the NCAA tournament. In the West region, they have to travel to Buffalo. Sucks. It was kind of bull crap. Playing Vermont, a really tough team, really well-coached team, a team that was kind of the scary mid-major team. A lot of people were picking upsets for this one. But Arkansas took care of business in what was a really tough game. And, and like Vermont was so well-coached and had some talent guys on there. But Arkansas ends up winning that game 75-71. to 71. They move on to the next round where New Mexico State ended up upsetting UConn. And because of uh, Allen going for 37 points, you get to play them next as the 12 seed. And Arkansas completely and totally shuts down Allen. Arkansas's offense wasn't that great, but they didn't just enough to win the game 53 to 48. Arkansas gets the victory and they move on to the Sweet 16 once again. Arkansas plays Gonzaga, the number one overall seed, where, man, they were just loaded with talent and experienced guys. Chet Holmgren, one of the better players in the country, just all those things. It seemed like such a daunting task, but you had a few days, and you know how Muss is when he has days to prepare for a team, he'll have them ready. And that's exactly what happened. Arkansas was ready from the get-go. They gave Gonzaga all they wanted, and Arkansas ended up beating the number one overall seed, 74-68, to 68, in thrilling fashion. Fans were going nuts, all those things. Like, it was just so awesome, so awesome. It was, like, honestly one of the best – I think it has to be, for sure, the best tournament victory Arkansas has had since – maybe 1995 when they made it back to the final four in the national championship. Like I would think so, but just what a performance by them. And then followed up losing in the elite eight game to Duke 78 to 69. Cause Duke was just loaded. So there's the season 28 and nine elite eight appearance once again. Um, and here, and here's my thing. And I know that we've, uh, we've gone, I wouldn't say we've gone long, but longer than what we normally do. And here, and here's what I'll say to kind of end all this stuff. It was a great season, phenomenal season. 
season that we all expected. We wanted, I think everybody, if I would have told you before the season started that this Razorback basketball team was going to make it back to the Elite Eight, everyone would have signed up for that right away. No questions asked. Absolutely. Elite Eight appearance, let's go. So everyone's happy. Everyone's satisfied. Everyone's good to go. But if this doesn't tell you just how important matchups are in the NCAA tournament, Final Four hasn't been played yet, but I bet you anything. I would bet on, on a team as far as winning the national title, I bet on Duke. They're playing so good right now. Like They're playing better than anybody. I think they win the national title. And if that happens, that's going to be two years in a row where Arkansas lost in the Elite Eight to the eventual national champion. What does that matter to you? Probably nothing. But here's the thing. Just goes to show you that if Arkansas was playing some other team, if Arkansas got to play St. Peter's, or if Arkansas got to play Houston, or if Arkansas got to play Miami, they'd be in the Final Four right now. I believe that. If they played those other teams, they would be in the Final Four right now, and they probably would have been in the Final Four last year if they didn't have to play Baylor. They could have beaten any of those other teams. They would have been. So you're talking about back-to-back -back years where you could have been in the Final Four instead of just the Elite Eight. But because of the team that you played in the Elite Eight that last year was the national champion in Duke or in Baylor, this year more than likely will be the national champion in Duke. Because of those reasons, you're this close to being a Final Four team. And that just goes to show you how important matchups are, but it also goes to show you how tough it is to win in the NCAA tournament. And you have a coach that is six and two, six and two in the NCAA tournament in his two seasons here in postseason play. Because we know the first year he was here, they didn't get a postseason. Six and two in two years of the NCAA tournament. You want to know how many tournament games Arkansas won like since 1995? I think they only, let's see, for the 96, I think they only actually ended up winning six games since that point. You're talking about like a 25-year stretch where there was only six wins total. And here in two seasons, you got a coach that has won six games two years. It's exciting to think about where this team is going. And it's exciting to think about what this team can do next year and for the future as long as Eric Musselman's the coach. But what a great year. What a great run. Thank you, Razorback fans. Thank you, Eric Musselman. Thank you, Razorback Basketball. Thank all of you for being able to make this season such a memorable and fun season for me and for so many because, you know, football was great. It was an awesome season for football. Basketball, man, you really followed up and you really did your part. I can't wait to see where the rest of it goes. I can't wait to see the rest of it and how it all turns out. But great season, Razorbacks. Let's do it again next year and let's, uh, let's maybe go to Houston. Yeah. Let's go to Houston. Appreciate everybody listening into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast today. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or on Google Play. And also subscribe on Twitter. Hit that like button. And also hit the little bell at the top for notifications whenever the video is posted up. And we'll have some fun on YouTube just like we always do. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can get after me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And we'll keep it going from there. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you then.